Thanks for listening to the Cougar Talk, the podcast post pod. Hear thoughts and reflections on the latest episode. Here's the host, Eric Rhodes. That's right. We're looking at episode three, the 96, 97 Cougar Ballers and what a exciting team. I mean, they brought the university together. All these local guys from all around the Jackson area came together and had a prolific team. And they were just uh, fantastic to watch. As you watch some of their film or you talk to people who've seen them, they moved the ball around really well. They knew each other really well with regards to chemistry and they worked extremely hard. So here in this post pod, I'm just going to give you a couple statistics about this team and then we're going to talk to uh, the former sports reporter at the Jackson Citizen Patriot Ship Monday, who's going to talk about his experience with covering this team, the 96-97 Cougar Ballers, and going to Napa, Idaho for the NAIA Championship. So let's talk about this team in statistic-wise and how they worked. So with this team, again, they had lost 50 points the year before. 50 points. I mean, that's a lot. But they accumulated uh, second most in team wins in program history, 29-7. and only team that beat them out was the 2019 NAIA champions who were 30-7. and seven. This 96-97 team was the second best team in winning percentage. And actually, they also tied the 2009-19 team with the most consecutive wins. They had nine consecutive wins. Let's go to the stat bar here. The 96-97 Cougars had a 46% field goal percentage. They were 33% from three-point line, and they were 73% from free throws. Talk about the details in finishing games and how Coach Knoll did a great job of instructing his team when it came to free throws. They outscored their opponents by 402 points. They averaged 88 points per game. Their opponents averaged 77. They out-rebounded their opponents that year by 92. And the assist-to-turnover ratio was 1.12. And, and actually, when you think about that turnover ratio, 2.1 is great. And they had more steals than their opponents with 176. So that's kind of the basis of this team in this post pod. Let's transition and talk to Chip, who's had experience covering the Cougars uh, for 33 years. Chip Monday, he was a staff sports reporter for the Jackson Citizen Patriot. He's now retired. He is a blogger and also an author and covered Cougar sports for many years. Hey, Chip, it's good to have you on the program. Hey, thank you for having me. So, Chip, you had a chance to be on the sidelines for many of these games. You wrote many articles from the 96-97 Cougars. When you think about all the teams that you have covered in your experience there as a writer when this 96 97 team comes to your mind what are some of the thoughts that you have about this team well that was that was a very special team obviously and to me the thing that made that special was how that team fit together like a glove um each player had his own little niche that he had to do and they were very unselfish and they and they did it you have you go from elder being the scorer mm-hmm. to uh Korsdans being the passer and uh, Moffat being the defensive specialist and Anspaugh being the muscle and Patterson kind of just doing everything really good and not not one thing you know super great but everything very very well mm-hmm. just I mean if you're going to put together a team on paper and say this is what I want that's what Doug ended up with that year plus the fact he had a solid bench and uh, you know and the, and the bench should not go unnoticed because they were they contributed as well that year yes and we think about too these guys being mostly from local places Jason Elder they're being from Jones and, and John Moffat from Litchfield, and of course JP, Jeremy Patterson from Jackson High. I mean, so what did it mean to have that local fl- 
flavor, and plus they're just exciting, robust offense. Did that bring a sense of people getting excited about them during that season? I think it did. Nick has a one-iron special. I think at first, you know, they're, you know, they're kind of the jury was out, and then as it went along and they started winning and, and things, that the crowd started coming out more and more, and the crazies started building. <laughs> they weren't The crazies weren't all there in mass at the beginning, right. but it was kind of the building process. And, and I think part of that was because these guys were from around the area. And, and quite frankly, you know, the Jackson area is not a hotbed for college basketball, for high school high school players looking to play college basketball. Right. There are some good talents, but not great numbers of them. And to pull in that kind of talent there and have that kind of successful local guys is really pretty, um, uh, not, not a very, very uh, regular thing to happen. So that, it was a very neat thing. Again, you're listening to Cougar Talk, the official, unofficial voice of Cougar Athletics and more. We're here in episode, we're alongside a retired uh, staff sports reporter Chip Mundy and Chip when you think about some of the just most significant games that you got to cover uh, when you were there on the sidelines uh, at the field house but you also go to Napa Idaho we can talk about that but talk about some of the significant games in the season that you went to that uh, made a big impression on you well obviously the two big ones in the regular season were Cornerstone and Seattle Heights uh, I was at both of those games and um, but of those two the Seattle Heights game looms larger in my mind and really, if a person just comes up to me out of the blue and mentions the 96-97 team and season, the first snapshot that comes to my mind every single time is the, the, the late game steal that Jordan, Jason Korsdans made against Seattle Heights. Mm. I can still see it in my eyes. Um, and the thing that was crazy is I was sitting there before the play happened, and I said to myself, Korsdans is going to steal the ball. <laughs> And I just knew it because I, I had seen, he had done so many similar things throughout the season. Hmm. I've even told him, I said, he was my favorite player on the team, and you're not allowed to have favorites when you're a sports writer. <laughs> right. but sometimes, sometimes you cheat. And um, <laughs> I've always been partial to point guards because I've always thought that you can't really be a really great team unless you have a really great point guard. Hmm. And he was the glue to that team. Elder was the All-American, take nothing away from Jason. Uh, what a great player. Hmm. But, of course, Dan was, was the glue, and he was the guy that really made everything happen, and it showed the following year when he was gone, and some of the other guys had stayed. Uh, of course, Dan was the MVP of that team, and mm. but that steal that he made was so incredible, and then when I talked to him after the game, he told me the same thing. He said, I knew I was going to steal it. <laughs> and it was, But that was the feeling that was kind of around that team, was like, if there's a, a way it's going to get done, it's going to get done, and it'll probably be Corstance, but it also might be Elder, mm-hmm. who in that game was hitting some NBA range three pointers, and not just one or two, but he it was just he was just raining threes, you know. And then you got Moffat on the top defensive guy, and then on top of it all, the rivalry with Seattle Heights. There was oh, yes. never quite the same atmosphere with any other team than there was with Seattle Heights, whether it was in Adrian or in Spring Arbor. It was Michigan, Ohio State. It was you know <laughs> smaller level like in Division Three. It was Calvin and Hope, but it was a war every single time. And boy, with those games. Yeah, and, and even to this day, even though that Spring Arbor, has, Spring Arbor has moved to the Crossroads League with many of the teams are playing in Indiana, uh, in basketball, they have the Wolverine Hoosier Athletic Association, which Spring Arbor used to be a part of. Uh, they have what's called the uh, WAC and Crossroads Challenge. So many times, 
Spring Arbor will play a Cornerstone or a Siena Heights, and it's still uh, just as exciting. I'm sure Coach Ryan Cottingham, the current basketball coach for the guys, lets them know about the history of that. And, and so, Chip, as we go to the end of this season with this 96-97 team, they're invited into the NAIA uh, Division II Championship in, in Nampa, Idaho. We heard some of the guys talk about their experience. You went with what were some of the memories that you had or going along with the team and experiencing some of those games? Well, I have one just like the core stand steel. And this is a funny story. This is this, And this involves a guy who hardly ever played mm-hmm. on the team. I'm David Tebow. Mm-hmm. And we're on the plane flying out, flying out to Idaho. And it was a nighttime flight. Of, you know, so it was, kind of, it was dark. The sky was dark and everything. And I'm sitting there. I've got an aisle seat. And out of the corner of my eye, I see David Tebow on all fours and kneeling, crawling down the aisle way of the plane. <laughs> And I'm thinking, what in the world is he doing? And I look up, and he's going down, and he's tying, untying the shoelaces of the players and then tying them to the seat contraption so when they get up, they're going to trip and fall. <laughs> you know, and I'm thinking to myself, really, this is what you do when you're going to a national tournament? But Tebow, and Tebow was kind of a, a loose guy or whatever, you know, yeah. and I, I, I gave him a little bit, little bit of uh, trouble, you know, trouble, fun, fun, you know, fun style trouble, teasing him about that. Well, I never thought about David Tebow for years and anything, and then mm-hmm. one day I see a story in the paper, and David Tebow had become the uh, superintendent of Michigan Center Schools, oh, and he's funny. now superintendent of Hamilton Schools, and I'm thinking, yeah. that's the same kid that was kind of a knucklehead going around tying, <laughs> tying shoelaces, but it, it's still a that we all grew up, you know, we, yeah. we, when we're in college, you know, we're having fun, whatever, and mm-hmm. I take nothing away from David Tebow having that fun on the plane, that good for him and good for him now and having a successful career. I think it's really great. And he was one of those guys and he was at the end of the bench. He didn't really get a lot of minutes, mm-hmm. but he was on the team. He went to every practice, you know, and uh, and obviously he, he enjoyed being there with, with his antics. So yeah. that was that really on the trip out to myself, that is the biggest memory I have of mm-hmm. flying out there. Oh, that's fun. And also showed too, uh, from as we talked with the team here, they, there was sort of a looseness. Uh, there was there was a looseness. There was a relaxedness. I mean, they they all believed in one another. They believed that they could get the job done. And uh, it also seems as as teammates, they just had a lot of fun. So I think that made uh, this team extremely and they, special. And, and they did, and they liked each other. And they yeah. still, as you as, as you've seen, and I think they still like each other. A lot of them still see each other. Or mm-hmm. I know the two Jasons live close to each other. I'm Right. I don't think it was by intentionally, but they do, you know, and um, yeah, so this was a very close-knit team, and that does help, too. You know, it isn't always all talent that gets you a championship or gets you to that type of position. Mm-hmm. You've got to believe in each other and have camaraderie, and that team had that just as well, and it, part of that could go back to these guys knew each other from playing each other in high school or right. in local pickup games or at, at, at the rack and things like that. They knew each other through high, before they got were teammates. That had to help. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's funny in this interview, too, uh, Chip, as we kind of turn into what has happened recently from the 2019 uh, Men's National Championship that happened for men's basketball a couple years ago. It was really cool as, as uh, and you were you were in that interview, too, listening to what the guys were sharing, how they were able to just, uh, you know, particularly Jason Elder, who went out there to uh, Sioux Falls and had an experience. And, and so great to hear from these guys that they were really foundational uh, for what Spring Arbor basketball. Basketball continued to move forward and had some very successful years 
uh, beyond. So that was really cool to hear from those those guys. And, and also that says a lot about their character and their heart for, for Spring Arbor and the continuance of the program. Any other thoughts before before we leave? Um, you know, just to, to quickly go through the players, like, you know, I mentioned you know, the, the one guy that, that I think maybe gets overlooked a little bit among the starters is John Moffitt. And um, John, was a, John was a really good high school player, obviously, at Western. And he was a center at Western. And then when he comes into the program, I forget who had left, but there was a vacancy at point guard mm-hmm. and they decided that they were going to make John a point guard as a freshman. He never played point guard in his life and he's stepping on the college basketball court and they ask him to play point guard and then he does that and then Corstange comes in so then they move Moffitt now they say we don't want you to score. We, we're going to put you on the best player on the other team every night wow. and your job is to play defense on him and you know he never squawked one peep, never mm. said nothing, went out and did a job as a professional. He didn't get any All-American things Absolutely, and, and Doug Knoll, what a fantastic coach to use um, and to adjust to use John Moffat. He actually came from Litchfield High School, and along yeah, with him down... Uh, he's coaching at Western, that's where I got the Western. Yeah, he's coaching bad. there at, yeah. uh, I think, nor- Northwest there, Northwest with uh, oh, yeah. with Derek Anspaugh. And Derek Anspaugh, again, another yeah. name, freshman that year, comes in after a, just a, a fantastic career. I think he was on the dream team there, the Citizen Patriot, you know, that comes sure. out with, with some of the best players in the area. And he comes into this team as a freshman. They accept him. He becomes one of the best rebounders and defenders along with Moffitt. And boy, was was that an addition to the high-powered offense that these Cougars had in that season. And on top of that, he was the enforcer. If anybody even looked at Corstan's cross-eyed, Dan's ball was there standing in between them. It was like it was like a hockey game, and like, right. you know, Antoine was Gordy Howe, and and you know, and Corstange was one of the forwards, or whatever. Nobody was going to touch Corstange without having to go through Antoine first. That's right. And it's... He threw a punch. I think there was a Siena game that somebody challenged Corstange, and and uh, Antoine got ejected for throwing, throwing a punch, or he could get in the middle of a punch, or something. Right. Right. Yeah, he, he took on that role, and he loved that role, and he was good at it. Absolutely, and I know, I think they mentioned that, too, in the in, as we listen to this podcast, so you can hear a little bit more from Derek about that experience. And so, again, Chip, it's so great to have you here on Cougar Talk. Thanks for coming. Thank you very much. I appreciate the invite. Again, we've been listening to Chip Mundy in his 33-year careers as a staff writer, a sports reporter for the Jackson Citizen Patriot, now a retired blogger and author. You've been listening to Cougar Talk, the official, unofficial voice of Cougar Cougar Athletics and more. Thanks for listening to Cougar Talk. Subscribe to the podcast on Google Podcast, Stitcher, or Podbean. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Cougar Talk SA. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of Cougar Talk the podcast and do not necessarily reflect those of Spring Arbor University or SAU Cougar Athletics. Mm